I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, hello and welcome. Or should I say welcome back to the Indie Football Podcast World Cup Daily Edition um, where the World Cup is on fire. Miguel Delaney, true or false? True. What a twist. Every night it's just this epic, epic drama. <laughs> Two nights in a row, we've had absolutely brilliant finishes too. And, and this is it. You've got simultaneous games going on. Um, and tonight, really, the other game was, was kind of irrelevant. But uh, what we still had was all of these possibilities open. We had all of these things that could happen uh, and might happen and should happen but didn't happen, then did happen. And in the end, what did happen was Argentina win against Nigeria, a late winner. What minute was it, 85? Yeah, I think so. 85, it felt like 90 plus two from, of all people, Marcus Rojo with a right-footed volley arriving late in the box uh, to hammer home. Absolutely incredible scenes uh, at the St. Petersburg uh, Stadium there. I'm sure incredible scenes in Argentina uh, where they were on the brink of absolute catastrophe and they've pulled it out of the fire. It means, in short, that Argentina go through uh, in second place in uh, that group. Croatia go through in first place. That's, that's the, the top line of it. <laughs> and, yeah, it and, yeah, and yeah, it doesn't tell us anything. <laughs> it, it barely scratches the surface of what on earth we've just witnessed. So... Um, Let's start from the beginning. Um, Messi. Well, no, the, the, before that, before the actual game starts. So, um, the, uh, in accordance with uh, Javier Mascherano, Lionel Messi, Sam Paoli puts out a team that is uh, a 4 3 3. The major change in goal, Franco Armani replaces Willy Caballero. Um, it's a back four, the midfield three. Eva Benega comes in um, alongside Mascherano and Enzo Perez, and the front three of Di Maria. Higuain and Messi. Uh, how do you think the the four three three looked compared to the last two games? Where we've seen different formations in both. They were better at the start, but yet yeah, the game was so ridiculously chaotic that it's still a little bit hard to say. I mean, that ended up something of a real free for all. I mean, there were changes late on. I mean, Pavon had such a massive difference. Um, still think Argentina are pretty bad, and yet I, w- I wouldn't necessarily, you know. Despite so much dysfunction, despite the fact that we still don't know their level or whether whether they have anything that works, just a kind of exhilaration that you never know what I could do against what look. I mean, we were at the French Denmark game earlier, unfortunately, given what was happening in Saint Petersburg, and you know, things take life of their own in the intensity of knockouts, as we saw in the intensity of what was effectively a knockout match in the group stage. I. Um I think chaos is is a perfect way to describe it. The game was all over the place. It was it was just it was just mindless at times. I mean, Nigeria had absolutely no chill whatsoever. They they were, they were all over the shot, and, and you kind of felt that they could take advantage of that. They got the pace 
uh, to hit a team on the counter-attack that has a slow defence like Argentina. Argentina deliberately sat deep uh, with that back line that's so old and, and so questionable. And what we saw was, um, because they were doing that, that, their team got immensely stretched out. So there were just big spaces in the centre of the field, which led to this wild sort of toing and throwing. Um, and early in the first half... Well, the one thing to be said, actually, in all that, Nigeria actually almost let the, the chaos of Argentina's play get to them. Because touch more composure, they could have done more to that, what was really open Argentina backline. Especially the chance that was before the Rojo VAR... Uh, decision. I mean, you know, that was just a, one of, one of many opportunities Nigeria had to do some, but but they they kind of let it go to their heads as much as Argentina did. Yes, no, I, I think both sides showed signs of just mental capitulation today. Um, but Nigeria, I think, if they'd just been a bit more calm, then that would have that would have worried Argentina more because Argentina would have been more concerned about them coming back out. Whereas in the last. 10 or 15 minutes Nigeria really just kind of sat back and, and waited really for things to happen um, which wasn't the right way to go about it so uh, Argentina start okay and, and they're doing alright actually they're passing the ball around nicely uh, Nigeria do look dangerous as well and then Eva Benega who had a good start to the game he, he looked to have a lot more to him obviously mm-hmm. than Lucas Biglia or even Enzo Perez or any, basically anyone else who's played central midfield for Argentina so far this tournament and then Banega picks out a wonderful sort of drilled sand wedge of a pass to Lionel Messi. And it's falling, you'd think, on his right foot. Yeah. But what actually happens is he takes a sublime, subtle touch on the outside of his left thigh. Before the ball can even hit the floor, he takes a touch with the top of his left boot just to cushion it. And then on his weaker right foot, he smashes it into the opposite corner of that, into the inside of the side netting. It was ludicrous. Well, it's basically, it also, beyond the, the clutch nature of the goal and all that, it was, probably, that's probably Messi's best, it, it summed up Messi's best ability and, you know, showed at an extreme given the pressure and the difficulty. His, it's the, it's the minimal, minimalism of him and yet the maximum effect. So, I mean, he takes as few touches as possible, to, but, but they're still, they efficiently get him exactly where he wants to go as quickly as possible usually he doesn't embellish but this the, the nature of this and the, the requirement here made it absolutely spectacular I mean e- even the second touch which is probably maybe you consider the lesser touch given how he cushioned it on his high initially that's actually if you look at it that's, that's an essential touch it, it's almost a miracle he got the shot off given the the, the the, the, the angles and yeah, speed it's the, exactly. speed he's, the speed he's running as well he's mm. going at, at full speed yeah uh, and, and I think that the minimalist aspect of what you're talking about is perfect because it's, it's so compact. Everything Messi does is compact. Yeah. You know, he's not a guy for stepovers and flailing legs. It's one of the reasons I like watching him dribble yeah. so much with Barcelona is that he's more like a slalom skier where it's about balance and shift of weight. And he does it at such a speed yeah. that no one can catch him. And, and you could be the defender with Messi running at you and basically he leans one way or another and he just goes by you. Yeah. Whereas other players use skills. Like, you know, they use uh, stepovers or kind of flip-flaps, like Ronaldinho sort of style. That's how he beats players, by deception, yeah. like, or Wilfred Zaha. Whereas Messi is, uh, is all about balance and body control and leaning. And this was just uh, a sensational kind of split second. It's so brief that, and, and he's going so fast. And yet what we see is just a phenomenal goal. I mean... 
at that moment at that point Miguel we're thinking Argentina up and running and, and what's going to happen are they going to win by two are they going to win by three are they going to win by four but it didn't really yeah. turn out like that no no because basically it's still a very dysfunctional team over Light and Messi they were better but there was still an element of chaos to them um, there's, st- there's still a lot in the team that doesn't work Mascherano's a problem but then it's, a, it's also a problem that they don't have another, another number five there Di Maria probably shouldn't start again Pavon has to start Hig- Aguero has to start over Higuain I mean it's, it's, sti- it's still despite having scrambled through it's still a team that doesn't really know it's best self and still looks some way off knowing it's best self but, but one thing one thing they did figure out I suppose actually Messi needs to be on the wing where he can play off people so he can kind of you know he can have he, he can have um, a, a, a multiple effect yes uh, I do think that the slight movement of him into a wider role uh, in, in the front three does help as I said I think after the, the other game is if you have him as a 10 then what happens he, as soon as the ball comes to him he gets surrounded from every possible angle now when you're that good there are ways out of it and he often does find his way out of these things but then what happens is they just foul and they clip him they stop the ball Messi isn't running with the ball any longer because they've got a free kick everyone gets behind the ball and they start again if he gets the ball in wide positions you know it's um, it's an ISO situation where it's one on one and maybe a second defender comes over but then Messi's drawn two defenders out of place and then Messi can either play the telling pass or he can beat the defenders it brings so many more possibilities I think so uh, I, I did think he, he was able to be more influential in that role you know you can't do what it's kind of like what Christian Pavon said the other day about playing with Messi he said that the problem with playing with Messi is the temptation to just give him the ball all the time and expect him to do something now obviously that's difficult it's really difficult not to want to give him the ball uh, but you can't and, and you absolutely can't and overwhelmingly uh, you know the the style of player he is is someone who can make things happen and there were times today when it didn't look like Argentina had any other players who could make something happen yeah um, well Pavon Pavon as soon as they got Pavon on really exposing uh, Niger- Nigeria's uh, the, the, the role of the Nigerian team Mascherano no yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Mascherano really was that culpable <laughs> for Argentina but once they got Pavon on to go at the defence it just opened up Niger- I mean it gave them another problem to think about um, because with Messi on one side, Pavel on the other, a different type of problem because of his pace, um, and I suppose, I suppose Aguero as well. You you would think he has to start now. The problem with Aguero is is that he wasn't linking up. Him and Messi are very good friends and have known each other for forever, um, but they weren't linking up in the last two games. And Messi needs someone to play one twos with. He needs some people to to link with. Um, and, and they, that wasn't really going on which I think why they went with Higuain Higuain basically had his one big chance today and uh, as, as he does in big moments for Argentina did not score it um, the how, how do we say it the introduction of Pavon was so important for them because as you say it gave them another player who could create something out of nothing now Benega I have to say as well obviously was making some incredible passes and then he has to start against France but Pavon um, is a player who has speed and directness and when you're playing your defence deep because you're so terrified of people getting in behind you and against a French lineup, which is going to have probably Giroud alongside Griezmann and Mbappe well, my, my, my you, have, you have to sit deep right? My fear for that game almost is that uh, 
like having having the, the epic nature of these games and how good Argentina that France just dourly beat just dourly expose their weakness and win one nil or whatever and kind of just kill it just subdue it all. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think this it's a, it's again and it's something that this tournament has emphasised. To be honest, it's a game for Sabea tactics or Simeone tactics, you might say. Basically, with a defence as slow as that and with a talent as good as Messi, why expose yourself? Just sit back, make it difficult for them and release Messi and, and those around him when you can. Well, Sabella's 5-3-2 where you just put everyone behind the ball, don't concede and think, oh yeah, well, you know, the guy up front's pretty good and, and we're probably going to score. I do think there is a lot to that, uh, especially when, you know... You, you can't defend with the players they've got back there now so you just need to give them as much help as is humanly possible um, so Argentina ahead but it wasn't that good and then I mean what, what do you make of the red card I, I, I thought Kunit Kakir who I don't rate as a referee anyway no. I thought he had a poor a lot, game a lot, a lot of questions to be asked about him um, the cross comes in basically um, well not, it's a cross and it's deflected and it goes up in the air mm. And Rocco, who would later be the hero, yeah, head, heads the ball. He does win the header. Heads the ball clear with, with only one striker there, so he has to make the header. But he heads it onto his own arm, and and his arm is just in the air because he's jumped to make the header. It's an awkward jump, the way but then that that's given as a penalty uh, reviewed, given as a penalty. That was the penalty, wasn't it? Or was it the no, Mascherano? No, the penalty was Mascherano. Right, so I've, I've, that was when Rafa was, was, was saying, and it was, I, I was actually, I didn't think it was a penalty, but I wouldn't have been surprised if, if that ref gave it. Yeah, sorry, Mascherano's foul gave away the penalty, which Victor Moses scored. Then Nigeria were given a penalty, and then was that was before, overturned. Yeah, the penalty, the Mascherano was the penalty was before Rojo. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, so it was one-one, wasn't it? Yeah, when they yeah, got yeah. the because it looked like it was going to two-one Nigeria. Yeah. Um, that does get overturned. So it's 1-1 one, one. and at that point you've got say half an hour to really or in fact less than that it's about you know 40 odd minutes to make something happen to try and do anything you can to get this goal you need Croatia went 1-0 up in the game against Iceland uh, Iceland eventually equalised but then Croatia scored to make it 2-1 but that game was, was irrelevant because it was if Argentina win here they can get it and they brought on Pavon, who we said, and he did make them better. They brought in on Maxi Meza, um, and he did not do anything to make Argentina better. And and he's shown no, he's I, played I, in every I, game so I'm far. Amazed he's getting into the team. And he's played in every game so far, and he has not yet shown once that he's good enough to play at this level. Yeah, I'm amazed he's getting into the team. And there's a few players like that with Argentina still, which kind of sums up their issues, <laughs> which is why they need some decisiveness I mean this is, I suppose this is another yet another strand out of the game and what was Sam Pauli's role in all this how many of the decisions were his how strong was he I mean it was interesting what I think from what we've seen he was out on the bench while Messi was basically giving a team talk at half time yeah well I, so uh, the there was some yeah Messi was giving a team talk in the tunnel and Sam Pauli's out on the bench now presumably Sam Pauli did go into the dressing rooms at half time but um, there were some suggestions that he didn't we'll, we'll clear that up but I just think if you're bringing on Meza when even when you have you have Giovanni Lo Celso on the bench who's like one of the best young playmakers in Europe yeah. and you're going with Meza instead you've got Paolo Dybala and you're going with Meza instead whoever's making that call whoever's making that decision um, well spoiler they're making the wrong decision um, 
so there we go Argentina making some changes and then eventually uh, Aguero gets tossed on for Tagliafico the left back so that is pure desperation at this yeah, point yeah. at this point you're in all sorts of trouble you are heading out of the World Cup um, this could be like one of the worst 10 minutes of your life as an Argentina player um, and it gets to the last 15 and it gets to the last 10 that's when Higuain fired over that glorious chance that, that he had and then Argentina attacked down the right across is swung over and arriving of all people as we said is Marcus Rojo with a right footed volley that gets hammered home <laughs> what a finish it's a sensational finish from him and it's also their first shot on target in the entire second half yeah but Argentina go 2-1 up and from there on they did my, my concern then is are they going to have the professionalism and solidity yeah. to see I this mean, out it would have been very easy given the tip for them to give up a goal so soon afterwards you, you, you could well have seen that and but they do they do hold on um and the celebrations on the field, absolutely wild from the players. Um, you know, that, that looked like far much, far, they looked like far more than mm. a group game to them. That, that, was, that was the salvation of a generation of yeah. players, you know. A lot of these players are not going to be playing for Argentina at the next World Cup. You can, you can say that for sure. I mean, also on that, like, I mean, right, it's not, it's not what they'd want, but to go out to France is a lot more respectable how you sell the tournament even though, even though it could be a disaster anyway. But it's, it's, still, it's still more respectable going out in the group stage. So at least they've prevented utter humiliation. Um, you have to worry what this defence is going to be like against France. Um, and, and while we're there, I guess we do have to talk about France, Miguel, because um, it's... France-Argentina, it sounds like a thriller, but we were at France-Denmark today, and it was the first nil-nil of the entire tournament. Uh, that group ends up uh, because Peru beat Australia today Australia blew their chance um, so France and Denmark played out a pathetic 0-0 draw that doesn't deserve any time on the podcast no. so it's really not going to get much time on the podcast um, but the main concern uh, I guess going forward I mean Denmark played Croatia which is kind of an interesting meeting of two kind of second tier sides that, that could surprise um, you know obviously one of those teams in the quarterfinals it will be good and I think that for me, Croatia looked the better side of those two. But the big story, I think, coming away from it, we both wrote about the disappointment of, of France. Deschamps, yeah. He's still, I mean, I think as Jack actually tweeted, it was not the game, it was the Argentina game, but Jack tweeted, it's amazing how in the two years since uh, 20, Euro 2016 and that failure in the final, uh, and that, that did expose so many issues with Deschamps, so many problems he has, so many of France's players have gotten better, and yet the team seems to go worse. I mean, three goals in a, in a, in a group stage. It's, they've, got, they've got true, but it's not convincing. Uh, yeah, and it wasn't... You know, Australia and Peru isn't a strong group. I think if you're looking at this France team, I think after 2014, they could have considered replacing Deschamps. They should. It's amazing they have it. After 2016, I, I appreciate you got to the final, but uh, they, they basically... This is his third tournament. Might even be his fourth one. Was he at 2012? No, it was Blanc. It was Blanc, was it? I thought. So he, this is his third tournament, and I was looking through it. They basically got one good result in in those three tournaments, and that was they beat Germany two 0 in the semi final yeah. at at Marseille in a home tournament. Mm. Uh, Griezmann scored both goals, uh, but their record under him is pretty poor. Like I, I I've been at France games at both of the last. I think I've been at two at each of the last two tournaments, 
And I still don't get Deschamps, and I still don't think he's capable of getting the most out of these players. And all you want from a coach is someone who's going to make the players more than the sum of their parts as making the team in something. yeah exactly uh, or you know with this France team it's so good it's so rich in quality that if you made them you know just play as good as they are yeah then they're going to be something special but, but he doesn't know how to put he, like I mean there's so many players just out of place or out of position they, they, they're, they're in roles that just aren't suited to them which means they can't link up with other players as well it's just it's all just a bit broken when yet yeah, they but they're kind of, I mean, the, the, the amazing thing about them is that that is their, their only storyline, but they've still kind of steadily gone, tr- gone through. And you do wonder whether that, that, how, how far that will carry them. It, it could well, in a tournament like this, it could well carry them quite far. Just that kind of relative dourness. Which would be a shame. If, I mean, this, after a group stage as epic as, as this, and hopefully that will continue through the knockouts, but it feels like it needs a more attacking winner than, than a side like France. So we've got France, Argentina. The winner of that game will play the winner of Portugal-Uruguay. Um, you could say that all four of those teams have underwhelmed, but they do all have the potential to be absolute blockbuster clashes. So, for me, that's kind of, I think, what we want mm. at the World Cup. Um, as we said, Croatia-Denmark will be the other one that was confirmed tonight. And uh, I guess for those two teams, it, it's a chance to show that you deserve to be among the, the traditional big boys. Um, Croatia as I said my favourites and then I'd need to double check exactly who the winner of that would play they play Spain they play Spain Spain Russia um, so yeah so Spain so Spain Russia so you expect Spain to go through then Spain versus Croatia Spain Croatia played at Euro 2016 did they not yeah Spain were on top for about 70 minutes of that game and then blew it and that was a Degea error actually which is something maybe to discuss tomorrow um, but uh, that's going to be an interesting battle in midfield should be should they get that far of course yeah. Yes, of course. Um, so, where was I? Sorry, uh, my phone... Two phones are ringing. One is Critch and one is Johnny. So, um, first, uh, Critch, you got one line. Tell us what you thought of that. Yeah, um, a, a totally manic game. And Johnny and Jack have sent over their dispatch from St. Petersburg, uh, which I will drop in just here. Um, well, me and Jack hit Brooker on the way back from the Krastovsky Stadium... Uh, Argentina 2 Nigeria 1 as I'm sure you've heard absolutely cracking atmosphere absolutely cracking finish Um, and Jack what do you think the significance of that goal by Marcus Rocco right at the end was? Um, Well massively significant for the very obvious reason that it kept Argentina in the World Cup I mean I certainly didn't think before they scored that they were going to score because I thought they were terrible in that second half um, they didn't really create anything. They looked scared. They looked more likely to concede than to score. Uh, they should have conceded a penalty. Uh, they let Nigeria have some other good chances. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't very different from the second half against Iceland and even the second half against Croatia. Um, so I thought, I mean, I thought they were in a mess at that point. But when they scored, I mean, I mean it, the, basically the whole game felt like a knockout game. Like, it effectively was a knockout game, but it felt like a quarterfinal or something. The way they all, everyone charged on the pitch at the end and... Uh, Higuain and Di Maria were in tears and lots of the fans were crying like it was an incredibly emotionally draining game to watch never mind to play in or be a fan of um, and yet Argentina is still here yeah I mean it's um, I mean it's hard to process really it's one of those games where uh, you come you come down from, from your seat in the press box 
and you know you go back to the press room whatever and press conference and then like 30 40 minutes later i'd, I'd noticed that my my heart was basically still racing it was still kind of elevated uh and i needed to you know I needed to take a couple of deep breaths um as for as for argentina um we saw we've seen so many of their flaws we've seen almost kind of a, a player revolt um and we've seen them basically scrape through a group that they were expected to walk i mean, I mean at, at this moment which is more significant the fact that they have so many flaws and so many divisions or the fact that they've overcome them uh that's a good question i certainly came away from that game thinking it was more bad than good like even though they won i think that i think that the yeah like clearly so far the flaws have been more evident than the good side that said there's all like there's always the danger that they will that will reverse in the knockout rounds there's no reason they can't beat france in the last 16 france has been terrible so far yeah, they scored. The, they scored probably the goal of the tournament. I think. I think that was the best goal I've seen this tournament. The Messi goal. Like, I mean, if you're listening to this, you will definitely have seen it. But to run at high speed and then, you know, left thigh, left boot, right boot, um, while running in behind a defender, swerving away from the goalkeeper, putting it across the goalkeeper with your weaker foot. I mean, technically, it was as good. I mean, we won't see a better goal all tournament. And if you can do that. And you've got a play, and it's not, and it wasn't a fluke. Because you know, we've seen Messi do that a million times. If you can do that, you can beat anyone. And I don't. I think that if they can, if they can just iron out all the bad stuff, then of course they can keep. They can go further in the competition. Yeah, I mean, there's a. I mean, there's, there's I, I guess a parallel here with uh, Portugal at the Euros two years ago, where a really quite limited team with one amazing player just sort of blundered their way through the tournament and ended up winning it uh, obviously with a much much easier draw and the fact that it's France next means they're really they're really going to have to step up a level um, how, how do you kind of how do you see that that match up because the, the, these, these are two teams that, that neither of whom have really been firing in all cylinders yet um, who do you think has got the edge and, and, and where do you think the game will be won and lost and, and you know how do you see it happening I guess the two big questions really are can Argentina play with more unity and solidity than they have done so far? Because they've been a mess. Like, they've been so disorganised in all their games. Even today, they were quite well organised the first half. And then, as soon as the second half came out, they completely collapsed. Like, the Mascherano gave away the penalty. He looked lost. Or, I mean, you know that Mascherano is? That, that's what you get when you pick someone who plays for Head by China Fortune. Like, he's obviously... His legs have gone. He looks like he's not played a proper game in months. Um, so, yeah, so question one is... Can Argentina play properly, or is it just to be messy? And the question two is: Can France, can France hit another level as well? Like France are obviously playing miles in themselves. They somehow they've got even worse since Euro 2016, even though their squad's got better. Like yeah, if France turn it on, and Argentina a mess, then France could win that game three 0 But I don't know. I just have kind of a sort of gut level feeling at the moment. We're going to turn letter. Uh, no, we're going to go straight straight through there. Okay, straight through. Um, I've got this kind of gut feeling that. Argentina will raise their game for the bigger for the big occasion, or certainly like the or the one key player will. And if the other guys can just do enough around him, then I think France can be the ones with some questions to answer. What do you think? Uh, I mean, my take is that when you've got two such disjointed teams with such incredible individuals, it's such a hard one to call because any one of those individuals could win the game, and it's. 
it'll be one of those it'll be one of those games I think where it'll be quite broken there'll be spells of, of pressure like at, at either end and ultimately it will come down to who, who sort of makes those spells of pressure count and it might it might even you know go against the run of play you could get Argentina battering them for an hour and Kylian Mbappe does something incredible or vice versa with Lionel Messi uh, and and it's it's one of the you know, I think it's uh, it's going to be one of the games of the tournament and, and that so that's that's you know one thing I'm I'm really looking forward to um, I, could, can either of them win it um I think they can because I don't think the bar is high. I mean, I think I think the best team so far has been Spain, but even then, Spain, you know, Spain were very unconvincing. I mean, pretty unconvincing in all three of their games in spells. I just think they've got the. I think they're the likeliest to keep playing at the highest level. Um, but beyond that, you're looking at, you know, a kind of very flimsy Brazil team, an untested England team. A Germany team who were within inch, you know, who needed Tony Kroos to pull them out of the fire the other day. So I think it's, there's not really a runaway favourite at all. And that means that if France or Argentina can get their shit together, then I think it's, it's completely plausible that either of them could win it. I would put Belgium amongst the top four favourites at the moment. Um, not just because of the way they, they, they won their, their two games and the fact that they'll, they'll rest players and... <laughs> quite clearly I'll go to throw the England game in order to get an easier half of the, the draw but the fact that the draw opens up so nicely for them if they do finish second in the group they could I mean they could play Mexico in the quarters uh, and you know then then suddenly they're in a semi-final without really having faced a, a big test and Croatia Croatia have maybe been the, one of the, the most consistent team here so far yeah Croatia have definitely been one of the, the, the better teams uh, yeah definitely one of, the be- one of the best teams of this tournament so far uh, that whole uh, you know Modric Eriksson duel in the in the second round against Denmark is is going to be one to really to really watch out for um, anything else uh, yeah I was at I was at Repino today for for England's media activity before we all fly to Kaliningrad on Wednesday morning I spoke to Gary Cahill who was good he talked again about the importance of momentum how simply the fact that England won their first game here which of course they didn't do in 2014 or 2016 gives this tournament a different feel from anything that he's, he's used to um, he said that he expects there to be big change or he said there expect to be changes the more I think about it the more I think England will go in the direction of changes as, as much as we like to talk about how it's important to win the group and keep that momentum going I think when you hear Southgate talk about including the rest of the squad and keeping everyone happy and uh, getting minutes into players he might need later on, that makes you think that it's going to be more like perhaps half the team changing rather than two or three. Uh, it's going to be quite a few days as, as we uh, the group stages shake out and then we move into the knockouts. Um, I, I, I honestly think it's come alive, you know, in the last week or so. Um, anyway... That's, um, that's enough of our blathering. Um, back to the studio. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So I think that's about it for another sensational evening of football. And it's it kind of, you know, this is the thing with the World Cup and, and the Champions League obviously does have its epic moments and it is the, the top of football, the elite of football. But when I mean, you're getting this night after night after well, but, night. Yeah, I mean, there's that element of the World Cup because of the kind of, the, for, first of all, the intensity of the schedule allied to the intensity of the feeling. I mean, ultimately, it does just, the fact it's your kind of nation and the fact it's a competition every four years, it does bring out this deeper level of emotion and desire in players almost. Yeah, it was, uh, it just, it was just extraordinary. Um, I, I think if the tournament can go on like this, it's obviously great. The uh, the early kickoffs can can buck up their ideas. Uh, today's was, as we said, an absolutely dreary encounter between France and Denmark, um, and yesterday's early games weren't so good. But tomorrow, um, there is some more interest. I will be at Brazil Serbia. Um, we discussed all the permutations already this week, so if if you're after the kind of working out who's going to do what and stuff, the points in the group. Uh, then please go back and listen to that because I'm not going to explain it again uh, at this time of night. But Serbia, Brazil is tomorrow night. Switzerland and Costa Rica at the same time, and I think uh, we're expecting Brazil to to step up further. Uh, Neymar is fully fit. We've been told um, they have got one um, important part of their squad injured, uh, a thigh injury uh, sustained celebrating the goal uh, Coutinho was winning goal the other day uh, that is coach Chiche uh, but he will be fit to be on the bench uh, they said and, and the early games are South Korea Germany and Mexico Sweden uh, we are assuming Miguel that Mexico will be able to get a point against the Swedes yeah, I say so yeah and I think they'll top the group so that would make Brazil Germany round of 16 games so I'll just confirm to you what we've got the first four round of 16 games uh, confirmed France will play Argentina in Kazan Uruguay will play Portugal in Sochi then the winner of those two will play each other Spain will play Russia in, at the Luzhniki Stadium in Moscow Croatia will play Denmark in Nizhny Novgorod to be confirmed but the rest of the draw we are expecting it to be Brazil versus Germany in Samara England or Belgium to play Poland, not not Poland, not Poland, to play Japan, Senegal, or Colombia. Mexico will play Switzerland, and then Belgium or England will play Japan, Senegal, or Colombia. So there's a lot more to be resolved in that second half of the draw, and uh, you'll hear about it, of course, on the Indie Football Podcast. You can read about it at, on independent.co.uk/slash/football as ever. Um, and followed by the usual means. Uh, just a short podcast today, but it uh, apparently is uh, what, the, what the listeners want. So thank you for listening, as ever. Um, I hope you enjoyed uh, as much as we did uh, watching the football tonight. And we'll be in touch tomorrow uh, with more, hopefully, 
epic World Cup action. Until then, goodbye. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns